Na 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 na. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers. Hi. And it's been a minute since I talked to you guys, so I had to jump on and do this. Been super busy traveling around. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of things happening in the works. Um, need to catch you guys up on some t- things with Mark Taylor. Some of you know, some of you don't know, but uh, like three days. I'm going to just jump right into it and kind of get into this whole situation. So... Mark comes out, we do our box block of classes, we do the Nebraska class, we do a great Fort Morgan class, things are cruising through, we're talking about the transition from weaponized math to gravity ballistics, loving that, I'm doing a lot with it, more on that in a minute. Anyway, Mark leaves. Like three days later, I get a call in the morning, and he's like going to the hospital and the whole thing, he's like having a heart attack. But it wasn't a heart attack, heart attack. Mark's having a widowmaker, aortic rupture, boom, things are going nuts. It's like, holy cow, dude, you're like, what? And he's still in the hospital now, called me this morning. So he picked up his phone, gave me a call, talked to him a little bit. Things things are progressing, but it's going to be a long, hard road for him to get back so a lot of prayers going out to him a lot of things a lot of stuff to catch up with because there will be some small changes happening um because i'm i'm anticipating about a year for mark to get back on his feet to be able to hit the road i don't know he may progress quick you know you never know mark's a strong dude he i mean he survived the Widowmaker, and you know lived to tell about it doctor said he fell off the cliff guy grabbed him by the hand and yanked him up he was that far gone and On top of that, he had a couple kind of like mini strokes, some blood vessel clot things. So he's got to rework his left side again. But um, like I said, he called. He's talking to me. So that creates a whole domino effect, right? It's like, holy cow. Here we work together. We got classes coming up, which I'm going to get into. And we're just starting to relaunch this gravity ballistic thing. I got... I'm going to talk all about my irons in the fire. In fact, I even may call this one irons in the fire. Uh, but yeah, so it was like this smack on the side of the head. But we're getting that age and that stuff's happening and you have to look at it. But in me right now, I'm home now because I'm like nursing a little bit of a travel flu. We were out last weekend. We went to Andrew's place in Ohio. Talk about that trip because it was fun as hell. So... With this gravity ballistic launch, I'm putting things in place to make it sort of formal, official, some website changes. I've actually contracted a metric ton of website changes, and I'll get into that in a little bit because a lot of it focuses on training. Part of it will be the gravity ballistic side of it. But I'm talking with other groups and people out and about in the area because, I mean, we have a record now with weaponized math and really what it just needed was some branding some promotion and a new name we flushed it out we can adjust it for places like next end of the month mifflin pa mifflin guys anyway they have an angle right 17 degree angle up the hill 
Weaponized math is for flatline gravity. So angles offset it. Well, we can adjust. It's just a super easy adjustment of the number. And so I'm looking at apping gravity ballistics, branding gravity ballistics, and putting it out there for everybody to use. I mean, it's such a valuable tool. And then you can take your gravity ballistics data, transfer it to your ballistic calculator in a super easy method, right? Do your six, do your thousand, you're done. It's pre-trued, ready to go. Hell, if you're a home range guy and don't have software, you don't need it. If you're not leaving your area, gravity ballistics will work. If you're traveling, rather than having to kind of get some new numbers, let the software do the work for you. You could do it both ways. So we're looking to talk to some people about this and to demo it and to do some things. And I get a hold of Andrew out in Ohio, the Jefferson, Ohio range, which we'll be going to at the end of the, uh, or beginning of October, October 2nd, I'll be in um, Ohio. And I bring the guys out and the demo goes flawless. I mean, it's literally, I got an MOA guy. I got a mill guy. I'm demoing this stuff and they're hitting waterline. It's like, do your math, hit the waterline. Do your math, hit the waterline. And these guys are like, nicely, they came in, no preconceived. They did the program as I asked them and they saw it work. You know what I mean? And and so I'm going to have some kind of things behind it through the site that we're looking to do. This is going to tie into the Chris Way rifle craft. It'll tie into the sniper's hide training. And then it comes together with the gravity ballistics is sort of the glue that's going to pull some of these things together. Although really it's the app and sniper's hide, but a great trip to Ohio. We, I come up a day early, make sure everything's good. And on Friday, we bounce over to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Never been there. Wanted to check it out. I want to go again just to spend more time. It was busy. Labor Day weekend, Friday. There's an air show going on. I'll get into a whole bunch of stuff. So it was busy. And and there's really a ton of nuance in there. The lyrics, just some of the contracting, some of the different, there's really small stuff that's super, super cool and sort of like illuminating. But the big, you know, the guitars are cool. The, the, the whole background, the show, the whole thing was really neat. Well, then right out there at the Coast Guard and on the water where the hard, are the, I keep calling it the Hard Rock. It's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But um, right there on the water, they're going to have an air show this weekend. So while we're there, almost all the military jets are practicing. Like most of the civilian ones weren't doing anything. We saw one stunt plane, but all the, you know, 18s and the Thunderbirds were there. We're watching them. So that was really neat that we're coming and going from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I bounce in and watch the air show. Well, right there, another, another little touristy attraction in the same spot, USS Cod. World War II submarine that you can go in, check out, and do everything. Well, Laura and I walk up, and it's like, Marines are requesting permission to come aboard, sir. And they're like, you know what? You guys rock. So they give us like a nice little free tour. 
take us through, show us everything. There was other people there, but the Marines got waved through. It, it was cool. I'm a run silent, run deep fan. You know, run silent, run deep, Lancaster, fucking, what's his name, Cary Grant there, well, not Grant, it's the other guy, um, I'm spacing on his name, anyway, it's Burt Lancaster, and that, that, actually, that movie was the basis for Star Trek The Motion Picture, and they even hired the same director, so run silent and run deep, and Star Trek The Motion Picture are based off the same thing from the same guy, it's pretty funny, but anyway, Cod was cool. I mean, the generator in there could do like, what is it, like 5 million megawatts or something can run the eastern seaboard. And then the torpedo tubes and God dang, submariner dudes, how the hell do you figure out what those valves do? I mean, granted, everything's marked, right? It's a weapon. There's a mark on it. Tells you what to do. But holy cow, fifth element shit. Holy cow. It's like valves for days. I would not have a clue what these valves are supposed to do. Imagine turning the wrong valve. Man. But anyway, I thought the submarine was like a really cool tour. We spend a lot of time on the sub. Then we're up on deck on top of it. One of these jets comes down and pounds us. It was like, God dang, dude, I don't have earplugs. Give me a break. My ears are shot already. I really, I, I, I don't need this. You know what I mean? So it's funny. But no, we had a blast. Then we go. Did our Andrew class. As I said, we're going to be there again. That went super well. I came home Monday. Got a cold, runny nose. I got like the flu from traveling. It fucking sucks. But it's, it's chilling out. Just fixing this damn runny nose is really all I have happening. The rest of me feels fine. No fevers, nothing like that. But um, catching up, right? Catching up on projects. I got a whole bunch of new stuff coming on. We're, we're, we're working the problems with Chris and we're getting ready to launch just a whole block of Sniper's Hide stuff combined with rifle craft and then tying it in with the gravity ballistics. There's actually some videos Chris and I have been doing. I'm redoing the videos up and I just had a fix. It's like, God damn, man. So, I, you know, I got the big cameras and then right when I kind of backed off like technology, right? We'll get into this tech shit. So I'm backing off doing some videos because one of my black magic cameras went down and, and the audio screwed up and I sent it in for repair. They repaired, like if you look at the camera, it technically has three different audio inputs you can use. Well, they weren't working. I sent the camera in and they only fixed one. It's like the other ones don't work. It's like I have to use just this one audio interface. And it's like this camera annoys me, so I got rid of it. Well, then I, I had filtered in some cannons and switched from Blackmagic and all that into the Canon infrastructure. So when Chris and I started dicking around with the camera stuff, I kind of broke out. Instead of breaking out my big Canon, my, my, Mark, uh, my 300 Mark II, I, I had a little DSLR because I, I switched to that DSLR. Mirrorless is actually what I switched to. So I had an R6 mirrorless. Put it together. Start filming some stuff with Chris. Love it. Think it's great. Out here in this weather in Colorado, the thing is the overheating problem. It's a Gen 1, not the 2. Wants to overheat and shut down. I'm like, ah. So then... There's this camera I've been coveting for a while, and I'm like, ooh, I really like that. It's not super expensive, but it's doing what I want, and it, and, and it has some stuff, so I grab it. All right, Chris, we're going to do this. Let's go practice a little bit, film some stuff, do some lessons, put them out online. 
and got a good one, got a good one, and then it's like, fuck, I got audio hiss. The audio's like hissing, you know, and it's like, bad enough we got wind on the range, like 18 mile an hour wind one of the days, so I'm blocking the wind out, but then the camera's hissing. I'm like, oh, shit. <coughs> That's that cold. So it's hissing. So anyway, now that I'm sick and all this downtime, I'm like, let me fix the hiss. So I go in this a couple days, two days here now, and I find it. I find the hiss. And what it was is some of these newer mics and everything, they kind of default to almost a negative and they needed to be bumped up. So the camera was like struggling. The camera's going, what are you saying? I'm trying to make noise here. And I'm like cranking the volume and that makes the hiss worse. So I had to actually bring the volume up on one side. And then I ended up changing some color and then finding a lot and all these things that I like to kind of, you know, do all that. So the being, cold, you know, sick allows me to clean up things, but Paperwork-wise, we're putting together a really, really nice program. I'm trying to build this as comprehensive a precision rifle program as I can in, in almost what I could say is like the least amount of time where we can address your fundamentals. We can bring you either into a comp mindset, a hunter mindset, a, hey, I'm proficiency mindset, and it doesn't matter whether it's in the nice thing, comp, Hunter are the same right now. You got NRL Hunter stuff that we deal with a lot out here. You got regular comp stuff you're dealing with. I'm going to get ready. You know, you heard on the Major Land podcast. I'll be out there talking to people on that. But we're putting a program together that's going to give us those options. And nice. You know what I mean? It's going to be able to be like, bring me up. Let's see what you got. What's your baseline? Then we can just turn you and go, which way do you want to go? And this program will help fine-tune you in any direction. So I've been really working hard, putting pen to paper. Chris was just here grabbing some stuff and, and, and doing that. But, yeah, it's like it, it, it's, it's getting the ducks in a row. Here we are, September. I'm building for January 1 right now. You know what I mean? So January, this stuff's going to launch in, like, a big way. The new app, I'm doing like a big dollar upgrade to Sniper's Hide to focus on training, to to fine-tune the way we use the app, how you access it, and, and to open more doors. Like I realized I locked the entire live stream up behind a paywall, and it's like, well, I can't do that. I got to bring half of it free, and then the other half I'll paywall. So give more access to people. So it's like making... Like, let's just say I made little mistakes that I'm now remedying. And so we're, we're, we're moving towards that. But with the Mark Taylor thing, and Mark's going to be out, this is going to allow me to focus a little bit more here in Fort Morgan. Like, I still want to do the road to a certain degree, but not as much. I, the road's tough, man. It sucks. The air travel's awful. I mean, think about it this way. Monday, we got home reasonable. Everything was good. No big deal. No drama in air travel. Although, my rental car was fucked. I got a note today. You didn't turn in your rental car. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I laughed at him. I'm like, give me. And then she's like, well, we didn't. I'm like, get the video. I'm like, you guys got video everywhere. You'll watch me walk through the friggin' thing. I don't have your rental car, dude. And it's like dropped off with this woman in this place and gave her this and this is what she told me. So they wiped it out. So you still got to make calls. But fly home Monday, 
And I'm United guy, right? Denver United. Tuesday, United shut down. So if I was coming home Tuesday, I would have been screwed. So this road tripping and services and all that, number one, gets expensive. Number two, it's not great. So I kind of want to bring it to the Fort Morgan side. I can control things in Fort Morgan pretty well. We have a great target package. We're adding to that target package. We have that 140-degree fan with 15 degrees of targets going from 300 to 9 or 1,000, right? It's like right in that zone, big target, small target. Austin did a huge friggin' drop for me from 6-zip-6 down to 8-66ers down to another 8-45ers because I want big, medium, and small everywhere. I want you to take your shots from that larger target and bring it all the way down to sub-MOA. So to me, that's the best way to train it. Are you proficient? Are you doing what it needs to? Where do you fall off, right? Where are these things not working? And so that's what we're going to see. Is it a bigger target, smaller target? So being sick, being home, giving me some time to catch up on the, on the, on the pathway. I'm, I'm laying the road, right? We're, 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 we're breaking brush, which we did a lot of breaking brush already, we're, we're bulldozing through, we're scraping the ground, we're dropping our gravel, we're getting ready to lay some asphalt down, and we want a nice, clear road path, whatever you want to call it, in the direction we're going. And we know there's options out there. You could see these guys, you could see those guys, and those guys are going to focus in their lane, they're going to focus in their lane, I'm going to be in mine and give you options. You know, we all work together, we're all helping everybody out. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of us really working all towards the same goal and we're communicating with each other. And so that's the key, man. That's why you're seeing this positive kind of growth when it comes to the training side of things. You know what I mean? So that's in motion and that's where we're going forward with all that stuff. Now to take us there, I got a couple projects going on, some cool projects. The hunting Tactical sniper competition crossovers getting bigger, right? Hunting's a big untapped market. If there's 300 active shooters in the PRS and another three to 5,000 who'll pay their money, there's 30 million hunters, right? Just in the US. There's all these other things going on. So we're seeing a lot more people play the crossover game. Great example. I'm a Terminus fan. See Joel, talk to Joel on the thing. I got an Apollo light, Bartland carbon fiber, 6.5 PRC, MDT hunting 26. So now I got a nice light, put it together. This is the, this is the way, you know? And I'm like, man, I really like this setup. This is super cool. Well, then... My, my marketing and advertising guys, the ones who are out there doing the press, you're not the press stuff, but the, the ads and the sales and what are we talking about, guys? They link with Weatherby, right? So they're talking Weatherby and Weatherby's got some light tactical hunters. They sent over a 307. Um, they have one. They have an Alpine 307. That's actually in an MDT Hunt 26, right? HTN 26. I call it the Hunt 26. But the one they sent me is your, your lower cost MDT, uh, that Hunt 26 chassis is pricey. I think it's 
the perfect hunting stock right now. I like the pistol grip. I like the folder. I like the size. I like the Arcas. I like you can weight it. You could do whatever you want. It's got some M-Lock in there. It's got options for you. You know what I mean? You can do a variety of different things with that stock. And it's still not going to go and make it too heavy. You could still fold it up. It's tiny. If you want, I mean, you could do a 16-inch barrel in that thing and follow sort of the Q-Fix model, right, with the subs and the 8.6s. Look at Q. Kevin Brittenham's going all around the world shooting shit with that 8.6 fix. He's showing you could shoot African game with it, South American game with it. We're changing the dynamic in the hunting world coming out of this tactical market. You know, um, uh, any, hang on, I got to kill this. And it's Marco trying to get a hold. I just did that. So anyway, um, you know, so to me, this is kind of like the direction we're going with this stuff. It's, it's, it's like, man, I like where MDT's head's at. I like a lot of the stuff they're doing. I think that stock is good. Proof, carbon fiber barrel, Bartland, carbon fiber barrel, whichever way you want to go. 6.5 PRC is probably going to get any North American game you can think of. If you're going to go to Alaska, maybe you want 300 PRC. But down here in the lower 48, that 6.5 PRC is going to whack anything. You know what I mean? Even I saw Burger today, 156 is out of the 6.5 PRC. That sounds like a nice deal to me. You know, especially the Burger Ammo has been so good lately. I love that yellow jacket box. That yellow and black, it's like, yeah, give me some yellow jacket. But um, that stuff, you know what I mean? Not too heavy, not too light. Quick bolt throws for those fast follow-ups, just like a comp. It's a comp gun. Might as well be a comp gun. Do the NRL hunter with it. Go shoot an animal with it. It's a great thing. You can go terminus and switch barrel. You don't have to do the Apollo. The Apollo's more solid. The, um, the terminus, if you do the Zeus, you can be switch caliber. You can base, and I have my my Zeus downstairs. I got a Zeus here with a 6.5 PRC bolt. Okay, um, so I can turn around and hang on a second. Give me an hour. I'm not going to be talking to you that long, but close enough. Anyway, so 6.5, right? The Zeus. I could switch barrel. I could put it in my AI ATX chassis, which it's in right now. Do it in my 6.5 Creed. Like right now, it's set up. My Zeus has a proof barrel on it in 6.5 Creed more. I'm in an AI ATX chassis. That could easily come out, go into a hunt in 26, switch barrels, do the 6.5 PRC, carbon fiber, put in that bolt. I go to town, right? Boom. This is like the, we're in, we're in blessed times for this sort of crossover. And so I'm working on that. With that said, talking to these IRA people, the night vision, thermal, and they send me a text and they're like, hey, we got a Pulsar copy, you know? It's like, okay, Pulsar, got it, know it, 6,000 bucks. They show me theirs, very similar looking, but they have like a continuous focus thing and a few other things. All right, cool. What is, you know, what's it going to cost me? And they're like, okay, we'll give it to you for this much money. I'm like, oh, okay, that's 50. And I'm like, that's cheap. 
I give it to them and I pay it and I buy it. Three come in. I'm like big, medium, and large. I'm like, holy cow, they sent me the full unit for the money. Then I look at the money, the retail. The 640 unit that looks like a Pulsar, same thing, nice, everything. 640 unit is 3800 bucks retail. The 320 unit, and they up-res all these. So the 640 goes to 1080, the 320 goes to, you know, 720 or something. But the 320 unit is like 15, 1800 bucks. Then they sent me this digital scope that's like an IR thing that's meant for, it's, it looks like, a, I don't even know how to describe it yet, but it's this digital scope. And it's like 750 bucks. Now, I, that one scope I'm playing with, and I can't get the reticle to come on, but I'll figure it out once I get the reticle to show up. But other than that reticle zeroing dialogue they have, but Chris is, I gave like the, the 320 unit to Chris to check it out. He's walking around in his area with his kids at night, catching coyotes all over the place with it. We're going to pop it on. We'll go shoot some prairie dogs. We'll go shoot some stuff with it. But like thermal, night vision, all these things are getting so good, so cheap. Put it on something like this. And I posted a picture of it together with that, that night vision thermal uh, unit, the Pulsar copy. It's a, a L6, they call it. There's L6, L3, and a Natore from the Ira Riv, uh, Rivik. They, they changed the name. It's a different one, but I'll post it. It's, it's neat as hell. And it's half the price of a Pulsar with a 640 chip in it. Um, record on recoil, all the outputs, rechargeable battery, you know, the turrets. I'm not, I haven't done the zeroing yet. Cause like I said, I was gone and away and all that. I haven't done the zeroing yet, but I'm not really sure. I like the idea of how they zero, but we'll figure it out. Um, we'll see when I, when I get into it, I just haven't gone that route, but that part of that crossover now follow up yesterday. I pick up or comes in, Gunworks Revic, their new model. Upgraded, changed, toolless, nice, a little smaller, lighter. Badass little electronic scope with the HUD in it. Works with batteries or without, normal. Neat little reticle. And it connects to all this stuff. So now Revic has the scope. Revic has the binos with the laser that communicate to the app with their infrastructure, their they're almost AB-like system, and Gunworks' software is excellent. It's very, very good. It's their own. It does a great job. So now, Gunworks has this sort of hunting crossover, mill MOA, Revic scope, Bino, you know, all the things we're using. So there's that unit to work with. So you're seeing a lot of people approach with the hunting crossover. That hunting crossover. And part of that is, too, to pull, pull the rifles a little lighter, right? We've been pushing so heavy, so heavy, so heavy. 20, 26, 20, 26. Now it's back to 12 to 16, 12 to 16. We don't want 20, 26. We want 12 to 16. So I'm working that problem for you guys. And... Like Chris and I are working some of that analog ballistics and some of the things that like how to do things quicker and easier with less thought. The mental mistake side of it. 
excuse me. Sorry, I got that count. The mental mistakes. That's the key. And if we can take away some of the things that cause mental mistakes, we told you we created a metrics for it where we can push you to go, go shoot A, okay, go shoot A, B, go shoot A, B, C, go shoot A, B, C, D, E. You know what I mean? You keep going until they fuck up. And we see it because of cameras and things. Hey, you've got to do this, got to do this. Set the camera up, turn the audio on, make sure this is good, make sure this is good. Okay, go. Ah, oh, shit, I fucked up. It's like, man, mental mistakes. So the easier you can bring things into, you know, point hit, point hit, not have to think about it, whether it's the electronics talking to the electronics, like the Revic binos talk to the Revic scope, maybe the Revic binos talk to the app that talk to the scope. You know what I mean? All those things are starting to look at interconnectability. Even MDT with the electronics they're working with, they want it all to connect and talk to each other. Hunting, want it all to connect and talk to. It could be the same thing with your $10,000 laser range finders. You want them to connect and talk to each other. I'm going to put a diving board mounted laser on my scope. I want that to communicate to my app or my Kestrel or my watch. You know what I mean? We're connecting the watch to the Kestrel, to the laser. We're connecting. So it's one button push, solution, shoot. Correct? That's where we're trying to go. Push a button, get a complete solution, wind and elevation, press the trigger. So this project that I'm working on, it's... it's it's looking at where we're going with these things and how we're communicating and pairings, right? Like, I go in, I got the Zeus. Zeus shows up or the uh, Apollo light with the hunter. I'm thinking about a scope. Do I want a 1 to 8, 1 to 10? Do I want LVPO on there? Hmm. Well, I do, depending where I live to hunt, but then... I got a 6.5 PRC, maybe a 2 to 10, maybe that Leopold, maybe something in there, you know what I mean? That 2 to 10 zone gives me a little bit more than the LVPO, but not quite a lot more. It's almost in line, right? Still maybe they're considering it an LVPO, that 2 to 10, 1 to 10, 1 to 8, somewhere in there. That might be a nice hunting scope. Turrets, I want friggin' turrets. What do I want? I want turrets. I want to reach up and grab that turret. I want a friggin' inch and a half turret. I want to reach up and grab that guy and dial on my dope. Or I want a decent reticle in there if I don't have time and opportunity for that. But I still want to dope that rifle out and practice with it. You know what I mean? So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I want a 3 to 18. 3 to 18 for a PRC. Yeah, I think 3 to Artine sounds good. So I'm looking at my choices. I'm looking at my options. I'm looking at everything going around. Bing, bang, boom. I pick up a 3 to 18. Not too big. And you know the funny thing? That 3 to 18 was about the same weight in dimensions as a 2 to 10 and a 1 to 10. Wasn't that far off. If it was off at all, the 2 to 10. You know what I'm saying? 
We can we can shimmy shuffle a little bit here. We can we can dance on that 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 pinhead and be like, huh, what do I got for options? Where is my head? What am I'm a planes guy? I got range. Right? Antelope comes in my area. 400 yards, they don't even care I'm there. 800 yards, they care even less. Give me a 6.5 PRC at 800. I got no drama with that. I'll take that shot. I got no drama taking that shot on my range with speed goat walking through for that distance. You know what I'm saying? So why not have a little better scope I can reach out and touch? Now, if I'm a back east guy or a thicker woods or a less range, well, maybe I want that LVPO, right? I want that 1 to 8, 2 to 10, something small, something fast. There's my target, turn my knob, zoom in, bing, bang, boom, I'm a happy camper. So it's, it's, it's not my thing, but it's easy to become my thing because it's all around me and I have a foundation. We always talk about building a foundation, right? What's your foundation? I know the capabilities of my rifles and calibers. I know the capability of me. So then I can, can play in which which optic is going to either help me with that capability or just kind of keep me where I need to be. I mean, if Ohio is a great example where we were. Those guys are straight pipe. And I was talking like Andrew. He's like, oh, I shot animal on here. He goes, I'm like, he's like, yeah. I mean, like, well, what's the farthest shot you took? He goes, well, I had one. I did a 300. But most of them are 50. Okay, I get it. You're in the woods. You got the thing. I mean, it's funny. We were shooting a thousand yards on um, Saturday, and this actually big doe came out. So we're shooting a thousand yards. Bing! Guy shoots first shot, hits the plate. Gravity ballistics. Ting! All of a sudden, I'm through the spotter and bounce right in front of the target. Looks right at it. Big ass doe. It's like, damn that. Freaking puppy's big and jumped right in front of the target to see what the hell that was and stood there broadside eight feet in front of the thousand yard target. It was like, holy shit. And was like looking around, like, look at the target, look straight. Look at the target, look straight. Took about 25 seconds hanging out there and then decided to walk forward and leave. There you go. It's like that's opportunity and things that are happening there. Distance gives you time and opportunity. If you're stuck knowing 200 yards is your max effective range in this situation, your options are limited, okay? You have to say, all I have is this. But if you're a 600-yard guy, wow. Maybe you're a 400-yard guy. Still better than two. You're still doubling your, your potential, more effective, better options, right? Calibers, man, we could play it. And I get it if you're not in an area that can play that, but then we can work around it. I mean, if you're in one of those spots where, you know, you set your trail cam up and you see a, a herd or so of 10, 12 deer come through and they're only 25 yards away from your stand, you know, do you really need to know about all that? Maybe not. But if you're out west or you're in an area where maybe that open field across to the next tree line's two, 300 yards, 400 yards, then you need to start thinking about drift and drop, drop and drift, right? 
Cool. And that's get you your ethical stuff. That's what gets you your hits. That's what gets you your trophies. You know what I mean? Those kind of things is is now the direction and the, and the focus where we're looking at to take it. The, the comp stuff, Chris got locked down. He's going to play the comp world. I'm going to play some of the old man stuff and, and, and dick around that way. But it's it's fun. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like a revamp, refresh. What are these guys doing today? How can we make it a little bit better for them tomorrow? And yeah, you may not, uh, out of that 30 million hunters out there, pie plate might be fine for 40 million of them. I'll take a 10 million uh, student pool. People who think they can do a little bit better, a little bit more, you know, easier and things like that. Why not? Right? We if 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 I get you that trophy you're after, it's all good. We we all make out and, and that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at how to do this. So that's cool. So the Revic showed up. New Revic is there. Gunworks. Gunworks got the new bipod. I really dig that. Gonna play with that a little bit. Then the Revic, the bipod, Gunworks is doing some nice stuff. I, I I've always been a fan of Gunworks, always been a fan of Aaron and what they got going on. Then I dropping all this stuff into MDTs. Like I said, I, I, I'm going in there. I do. I, I play the AI game. I do my AI chassis. I like the ATX. ATX is money. ATX chassis is money, right? Light, it goes down. It's, it's either light or heavy, whatever you want. The rifle's 13 pounds to 20 pounds. You can do whatever you have to. 13 pounds isn't out of the realm. I can get an ATX put together correctly and be 16 pounds. So... Just how you set it up, it's not a big deal. But I don't know if that's optimal. But in the Zeus Terminus world, Apollo, Terminus, Zeus, all those, I'm, I'm a happy camper. And, and then the optics, right, that night vision, the thermal, what are they doing with that? Where is it going in, in, in the different options we have there? Really cool stuff that's happening that. The scopes, right, we're getting a little smaller, a little lighter, we, we, we can look at, we don't have to spend that crazy money. I mean, I'm looking, don't get me wrong. I want a Zico 4 to 20 on that guy, you know, but not everybody wants to spend that over three grand and put a Z, but that would be optimal. That, I mean, I can absolutely cross deck my Zico over. And, and to me, that's mint. 4 to 20, all day, I'll take it. But open up my field of view. I want to, I want to be down there a little bit. So I, I grabbed something a little lighter. I didn't have to spend more than two grand type of deal, right? I could stay a, a little little under budget, give or take. I mean, all good stuff I bought, but it still wasn't like break your bank stuff. I just bought really quality products that married together really well. And and that's where we're 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 trying to do with that. But yeah, so that that that. And then um I got another little video. I got uh the XOF industry. He has an Arca Rail, a cool so like with the the weighted area 419 arca rail that has the weights in it and a lot of people push them past the front of the stock no drama piece of cake i'm not talking about that one but if you go to a lot of off the shelf lighter aluminum arca rails they flex and if you push them beyond the stock and then put your bipod not half and half like it's fine if you go half on half off like where the gap or the middle is. But it, I've seen it if you go forward, it's like a it's like a diving board and it'll flex. You'll have an, oh, I've even showed pictures and have proven oval patterns, 
right? Because you're shooting, the gun recoils, it flexes on that arc rail in the front. Well, XOF Industry has one with an extension in the front, but when you mount it, it'll kind of lock in, digs in to the front of your stock. So it bites and it won't move. And then it's reinforced in the front. So if you wanted to extend that arc rail out with a rifle, you know, the farther you push your bipod forward, a little bit more accurate, all those things are good. And just having that nice, long, flat rail on the bottom gives you a lot of either tripod options or bag options. It's, it's an excellent little deal. So I've been working with that uh, XOF uh, rail, and I'll be knocking out a quick video for that guy um, a couple days or so. It, it'll be done. But it's just, you know, how people run these things. The, the Arca's really come into its own. We see the Arca works really well. And... That is pretty much the future. It's flat. It's standardized. I mean, most of us, honestly, we're actually using a really right doves, really right stuff dovetail versus an Arca Swiss because Arca Swiss doesn't have a standard, but really right dovetail does. So you can notice that if you just kind of if you're gonna if you're out there building anything, if you're a machinist guy or you're doing something like, hey, I want to get into this game and I want to do it. You chase down the really right stuff dovetail standard because it, it kind of fixes the ARCA non-standard issue. And, and we've seen it. We've all put a rail on or something on and then locked it down and it doesn't tighten up or loosen because there's two different specs. So if somebody grabbed one product off of Amazon and, and copied that or they grabbed a second product from somebody and copied that, you can have a thickness or width spec. So then when we tighten down our, our mounts and clamps and things, it moves or it loosens and it's not locked in the way we want it to. And we're constantly adjusting. It's because there's actually two different, three different standards out there. There's two Arca Swiss and a really right stuff. So when we're mixing and matching all three of those, we run into issues. And to me, that's where we need to kind of come together and say, hey, let's do it the right way. Do it this way. Call it good. But... That's where Sniper's Hide's up to. It's what the everyday sniper's going on about. Um, we're, 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 we're chipping away. We're doing it. We're, we're doing our thing for, for you guys and just trying to make students happy, website people happy, you know, all that stuff. So what are you up to now? Labor Day, summer's over, you're back to work. What's happening in your thing? Fall's coming, hunting, things out there doing stuff. We, I, I had somebody come into town, and they're like, hey, I'm in town. I want to shoot a mile. I'm like, okay, cool. Come over. They shoot a mile. Bing, bing, bing. Got a couple hits. Like one box of mag. It was one box, and they were on at the mile. And they're like, okay, cool. I'm like, hey, right over here, Prairie Dog Town. We were whacking Prairie Dogs. It was pretty funny. Um, it, 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 it's, it's just it's so much fun just whacking. And, and I do them. I, it, for me... There's this one dog town hole. I did a great shot the other day. So there's a hole at 940 right in front of the range, like right there. And I pop the rifle up on the tripod. I laser this guy. He's at 940. I'm like, okay, cool. And they have no clue where the hell I am, right? So this big fatty sitting out there at 940. So I go over, I'm looking at the wind, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that, and I kind of screwed up with some ammunition. I'm like, oh, my dope's not 100% for something that small. So I shoot the first round, 
and the wind's off a little bit, and I'm a little high. I'm about three-tenths high. So I'm like, okay, my wind's off a little bit. I'm about three-tenths high. Look at my number again. I come back up on glass. I'm, I'm screwing around, kind of grabbing ammo and doing some things. I'm like, okay, I was about three-tenths high. Dropped it down. Wind was off a little bit. I had about a good 12-mile-an-hour wind going. And I come back to it, and now there's two up, like right next to each other. I'm like, man, there's that big old fatty, and there's another one next to him. And they're probably about three to six inches apart from each other, but they're both standing on this pretty big, bright mound in the middle of the grass. So I set up. I get everything going. I change my three-tenths down. I adjust my wind call, fire my second shot, and it zips right between them. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right between them. I was like, damn, and I saw it. It was like perfect dead between them. They don't really move. I run the bolt, I come back, and now they're like touching each other, standing up together. I'm like, okay. I mean, they're 940 yards away, and I'm shooting suppressed. 6.5 <coughs> Creed with my um, my Zeus in the AI. I'm like, okay. Now they're together. I got that wind call because I know where they were and now we're together, the whole thing. I fire my third round. And the right-hand one just kind of falls, like drops in the hole. And they go in the hole all the time. You hit them, and they'll drop in the hole and die. You, you kind of, when you drive through to look at your carnage, you'll see asses in the hole, uh, you know, bloody asses just sitting there. And then they eat each other, all that other stuff. But uh, he drops in the hole, and I'm looking through the glass, and the other one looks over like, where'd he go? Had no clue. Was just like, zap. And then he didn't come back for a while, so he must have went in the hole, either dragged him in and they ate him or they did something. They usually eat him up. Um, you'll, you'll see him tear him up. But, yeah, I dropped that guy at 940 with my third shot. It, 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 was, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, so we're having a little bit of fun. Whack environments, man. I, I, like I said, prairie dog. I'm an old guy now. Prairie dogs, that's me. I'm, I'm on the bench. I'm sitting on a tripod. So I come in. I'll shoot him there. I'll come closer and shoot him like 600, but now we have a spot where I can come up to the corner of the fence line, and I get sort of two options, and the farthest shot is only like 300, so they're within 100 for the close ones and about 300 for the far ones, and it, oh my God, it's just basically, you got to laser them, you know, they're so small, and you got to make sure you get them, but if you kind of pick and choose them, Tap them and shoot them like a target. It's like they go down and it's a ton of fun. So I'll bust the thermal out. I'll do some videos and and we'll have some goofs. I sent one starfishing the other day. We had a bunch of guys out, Able Company guys. I think it was with them. We we were shooting a bunch of prairie dogs and stuff, and I caught one. And I starfished that guy about six feet in the air. I probably shot him at like 230, 250, and, and he just starfished crazy. It was funny as hell. They're like, God dang, look at that guy. But then the birds come out, the coyotes come out, everything will come out after you just leave them scattered there and something will come and clean up the area. And then if you want more, you got more. Hang out all night, coyotes will show up, you know? There ain't nothing wrong with it. That's the beauty of that range and everything is, is we have those options and stuff. But that's where I'm at. I am kind of didn't talk to you guys for a while. It's been almost two weeks since that thing. Not quite, 10 days or so, give or take a minute. But I wanted to catch you up and, and tell you we're doing these things and stuff's happening. 
Uh, I know, I know um, Chris will be around and us podcasting, and we got to keep Mark in, his, in our prayers for Mark's stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to happen. We're going to have the new schedules out. I got two classes left. I got Mifflin, Pennsylvania. That went live. We're doing the, the Reg now. I got about 10 people paid up. And then I have Jefferson, Ohio, another 10 people paid up. And we'll be doing um, Mifflin to Jefferson. And then I'm at the major land event. And then that's it for my travels. You will be able to catch me at the Precision Rifle Expo in October. Uh, we'll be doing a sort of fundamentals gravity ballistic clinic to show you guys. So I will be at the Precision Rifle Expo Expo in Texas in October. Honestly, I like the Expo. I think it's good for hands-on. Now, granted, we've had crappy weather or timings. People are like, ah, Halloween or, you know, oh, it rained. And yeah, it did all that stuff. I get it. But the Expo, honestly, I think the Expo will become better than SHOT Show. And you're seeing a lot of these cons. You know what I mean? The can con, there's a tac com. There's a lot of these cons popping up in these events are so much better than the, the idea of shop. You get hands-on, live fire, you're in the element, you're with like-minded everyone's, and so I'm going to be at the expo again, and, and then that'll that'll pretty much be my year except doing the um stuff. We're starting the online training up in full force again. We were talking about that today where we're going. New lessons with a couple of us, new angles, new ideas. I mean, my old lessons are still up. The day one, the, the DVDs, those stuff's up on Sniper's Hide. You could still review it, see it, it's still good. But it goes back to 2009. I started these videos for those lessons in 2009. And so we're going to revamp everything and do it. So I'm, I got a plan with Chris together, and that's going to be our gig. So we'll be doing um those. Cool? Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. You can go back over and watch our lives because we do drop a lot of knowledge bombs in the lives. If you go in the app in the high TV, the lives are available there. You can go back and rewatch them or even just listen to them, play them because they're on your phone. You could just play them and play them like they're audios because, like I said, there's a ton of good information in the lives um, we've been doing and we plan on doing more of them. So, Cool, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you.